Today's episode of Anything is Potable is presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations can help those affected by COVID-19 find help and hope. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. You are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause. Like Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Celtics fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the legend, El Nino himself, a Celtics beat reporter for the Athletic, Jay King. How are you doing today, Jay? I am doing the same as I've been doing, man. Just just trying to hang in there. But it's a big day for the people. It is a huge day for the people because we have Jason Jenks on to discuss his Larry Bird oral history. Larry Bird trash-talking oral history. Just an amazing oral history of just all the ways in which Larry Bird would talk shit. Um, talk poop. Oh, well, apparently, it's I, that see, I was damn not damn poop again. <laughs> That darn poop. Uh, I was unable to uh, take part in the interview, so I have, all I've heard is that there's been a, a lot of swearing, so I want to uh, warn you guys that now. But the, the coolest thing about the Larry Bird talking shit uh, article that I thought, and I hope you guys discussed this, uh, was that he would just wait for defenders to get closer to make the shot more difficult just to rub it in their face that he was that much better than them. That was fantastic. There was there was a lot of legendary anecdotes in that in that story. It was well done. And our conversation was a fun one. We are joined by a special guest today, one of my favorite writers, the master of the oral history, I think we'll call him, Jason Jenks. You might have read his story about Kawhi Leonard, Boardman Gets Paid. You might have let his, read his story about Clay Thompson's college days. I think you, you wrote the one about Mike Leach's quarterback room, right? I did. I did. Another, another fine oral history by Jason Jenks. But we're talking to him today about his masterpiece on Larry Bird's trash talk. Probably the greatest subject choice of all time, Larry Bird, master trash talker. What was one of your biggest takeaways that you didn't anticipate going into the piece? So I knew a little bit about Bird's trash talking just because there had been kind of some stories that had floated around the years. You know, I think everyone had probably heard the the famous story of the three-point shooting contest when he walked in and asked who was going to finish second. So I had, I had an idea, but like I guess I didn't realize just – how ruthless he was in telling guys exactly what he was going to do to them and then doing it. Like everyone I talked to had some version of Larry basically saying, yeah, I'm about to do this and then doing it, which I personally think is like the most badass form of trash talking. Like it's, it's completely, completely ruthless. And then to be able to have like the skills to go out and do it. Cause I mean, if, if you, if you didn't do it or if you failed consistently you would look like the biggest like jackass. ever yeah the like biggest jackass on earth yeah so like i mean i like that's one of those things you know it'd be like us tweeting out like oh this story you're about to read is the greatest story ever it is gonna it's gonna blow your mind and then the story comes out and like no one really reads it and if people don't really think it's that good you look like a huge idiot so like the balls to be able to do that is i just thought was exceptionally impressive did you go looking for someone who had a story where he told him what he was going to do and then he didn't actually do it? You know what? No one could remember that. I, I actually had Joe Klein had said 
I, I didn't end up including it, but uh, yeah. Joe Klein had a set of thing. He goes, you know, like the thing is like, what you got to remember is it didn't always work out for Larry. He's like, to be honest with you, like, I can't remember any times that it didn't work out for Larry, but he goes, <laughs> I know there were times it didn't work out for Larry. And he's like, but Larry, like, and he always took responsibility whenever it like, it didn't work or whenever he like fell flat, but he's like, he was willing to put himself out there and to fail uh, and to fail in sort of like an embarrassing way because he just was that confident in himself. Yeah. He just didn't care. What a, one of the parts of your story that stood out to me to beyond all the, the normal trash talk to opponents was when Larry walked on, I think it was a team bus and told everyone, I'm not your normal rookie. I'm not going to do the rookie chores. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing shit for you guys. Basically. I don't think he used that exact language, but that, that might even be more badass than telling a guy you're going to do something and then doing it. Oh, absolutely. That's telling your veteran teammates, I'm the man now. And you're not going to do anything to me. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'm, I'm only 30. So, like, Bird's, Bird's rookie years way before I was born. So, I, had, didn't, I guess I hadn't quite realized or didn't know or, or forgotten how big of a leap the Celtics took his rookie year. So, it probably helped that Larry, like, absolutely also backed it up there. That, like, he came on that team and they – I forget how many wins they improved by. You'd probably know whatever, 30 wins or whatever it was. Some ridiculous Yeah, it was, it was immense. I think it was up there with the Tim Duncan year for one of the best turnarounds ever. Yep. And so I think Larry, like, again, all this boils down to, like, incredibly confident and able to back it up. And it's, like, it's really hard to argue with either of those two ends of the formula. Did you get into – did anybody know, like, where his trash talking came from? Because that that's something that interests me, too. Like, how does a dude from rural Indiana just become the greatest trash talker of all time? You know what? That's interesting, but I, I never was able to find like an exact like point. But what was interesting is I reached out to some of his uh, college teammates at Indiana State uh, just to like see if there were bird trash talking stories from college. And, and those guys said like he didn't really do that in college. So it definitely was something that came in the NBA. And a couple of the guys I talked to sort of hint or basically said that it was something that he kind of picked up even like a couple years into his NBA career that he definitely did it some as like a rookie or, you know, first, second year guy, but that it really, uh, it really kind of picked up as he went along. And I guess if I was just like to, to, to kind of like psychoanalyze here or to like take a stab at why I would just assume that like he became, you know, probably always confident, but like to see himself succeed at, at the highest level uh, and to like, and to feel like, yeah, I, I really belong here. Uh, I'm not just like the small town guy who, you know, like is at the small school. Uh, I, I would imagine like that gave him extra confidence to then let people know he was going to just bust their ass. <laughs> Has there ever been anyone else? I'm trying to think of another guy who just told a guy what he was going to do. The only one I can think of is like Jimmy Dolan in the air up there. The, the Jimmy Dolan shake and bake that stupid movie with uh, what's his face Kevin Bacon. See, I can't. I, I that's the thing is like I like I could I I could never recall hearing someone do that, and I couldn't ever recall someone hearing someone do it so consistently. I mean, like I and I just do it in big moments too, huge moments, and I just reached out to like random guys, so it's not like I was like cherry picking like who I was talking to or anything like that. I mean. I just literally was going down the rosters of like NBA teams in the eighties and reaching out to guys. <laughs> so like 
you know, I talked to 17 people, you know, there are dozens and dozens of other guys out there that have like Larry Bird stories like this. Uh, and, and the thing that was like, the one thing that was kind of interesting is like, I, I, you mentioned like Larry probably didn't use it in that language. Like Larry definitely used like, Larry was definitely running his mouth, like with some, some pretty like explicit language from everything oh. I've gathered from guys. Oh, and like, absolutely. it was interesting. Cause like a couple of guys, like a couple of guys, you know, were kind of like, ah, like, you know, like I think I, I have in there, like, you know, Larry said, like, uh, walked in and said, Ed, blankety blank, uh, pick me. And, <laughs> and, but he, like, he said, Ed, motherfucking ping me. Like, that's, that's what he said. But a couple of guys were like, oh, I don't know, like, if Larry would, like, want me or care if I used this language or, like, Larry, you know, he, he kind of used some of those words. Uh, so it's just kind of, like, interesting, like, even with all Larry's trash talking, there is still, like, a little protective uh, case around for some of his teammates around whether uh, – how, how much to divulge there. Yeah, was there anybody that you wanted to get desperately that you couldn't get in touch with that you thought would have had an awesome Larry Bird story? Yeah, it's a good question. I did want to get Danny Ainge. I never heard back from him. Uh, I did want to get uh, Kevin McHale because I heard he had some great stories and he had shared a couple of them publicly. And he's a great to, storyteller. And too. he's a great storyteller. Like I was never able to get in touch with him, uh, but not really because honestly, I just didn't really like the the only guy that I knew was uh, Xavier McDaniel because that's that's kind of like one of that was like one of Bird's like famous stories. Uh, so I was really hoping to get Xavier just because I I really wanted like that end of the story. Uh, but you know, you know what I kind of like, you know what I didn't know again, cause it was before my time is I had totally forgotten or just flat out didn't know that bird went to, uh, Indiana for like a month with Bob Knight's Indiana team. That's like one of those, like one of the greatest, like what ifs of all time. Yeah. And then he just went back home. Yeah. It's, I just like, I, I know that's like an obvious thing and people will be listening on this and they're like, how the hell could you not know that? But I just, I just had totally forgot about that. And I, one of the guys I was talking to was just like, man, isn't that like, we had like a 20 minute talk about just like what a great, what if that is. And like, if those two, like literally the two all time biggest icons in Indiana basketball, like if those two had stuck together for three or four years at Indiana, it would have been fascinating. Yeah. And it, 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 what's crazy about that too, is like he became synonymous with Indiana state. Yeah. Like that, like that baby blue Jersey with the little Indiana state map on it like that i feel like he became synonymous with that so you definitely definitely do forget about that what one other story the the four seven foot two center from russia i need oh, to yeah. find out that guy's name <laughs> i need to find out who that was he's like frederick weiss before frederick weiss got dunked on by vince carter yep larry just told this guy he was gonna dunk on him and larry's not a dunker he's yep. not even a dunker Yep. That, that, I loved that one too. Like, and I also, I don't think I included this one in there, but like that same trip, uh, Larry would go and play, they would go, I think they visited like the embassy, not the embassy. They visited a, uh, somewhere overseas that had on that trip that had like soldiers there and, and on the base or wherever it was, uh, these, you know, like these guys had time to kill. They played a lot of ping pong. And so Larry would go over them. Larry went over and he told those guys like, I'll be any of your asses in ping pong, basically. And like, he played them left-handed, he played them right-handed and like, he just crushed these dudes in ping pong. Uh, so like Larry, just Larry, basically like the word that I think of with Larry Bird is like, he was a total savage. There's no other way to say it. And, and I have to, <laughs> sorry, I have go to ahead. know other stories you cut too. 
Uh, there because was one. If, there was. If you I, caught I, the the great ping pong story, the greatest ping pong story of all time. There's got to be some other stuff. I didn't cut a ton. Of, that that was like one of the tough cuts. The other one that just like didn't fit. But uh, Joe Klein told me that like I forget what game it was, but but Larry's just like lighting some team up and and just torching. And Joe Klein's on the court and he sets a screen for Larry and Larry's like coming off the screen and Jess. I think it's Jess Kersey was the official, uh, I believe. And, and Jess is standing out there like whatever by the three point line on the side and Larry's coming off the screen. And before Larry even shoots the ball, like as he's coming off the screen, Jess just says two more <laughs> <laughs> like this did like, and I just, I thought like it didn't really fit with Larry's trash talking, but I was like, man, you know how much like respect you have to have that before you even let a shot go, you're just so hot that an official's like, yeah, two more. <laughs> yeah, when the ref's saying it too. Like, like the ref is trash talking for you. It's amazing. <laughs> that really is great. What was your favorite part of the process of putting together this story? You know what? It was just really fun to hear those guys, like the respect they all had for Larry. Uh, and a lot of those guys really, really respected that Larry, like his trash talk was so personal and not, not in the way of like insulting your family or whatever, but just like yeah. Larry really didn't care if like everyone knew he was trash talking you. He just cared if you knew that he was trash talking you and that he was going to like beat your ass. And I, I just, I found in all the guys I talked to, like it shouldn't be surprising because he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, but like just all his opponents and teammates just had like such an immense respect for him. And in part, because like, he didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't super showy about it. He just like, he just wanted you to know, and that was good enough for him. And I thought that was pretty cool. Was there anybody that you, that you talked to that kind of said, you know what? He wasn't a very good trash talker. I don't have any trash talking stories or didn't want to talk about kind of getting demoralized by bird or was everybody kind of like, yeah, that motherfucker just uh, destroyed us. I had a couple of guys that just like, didn't have stories or like couldn't think of anything or whatever. Uh, so there were definitely some people out there, but like I was amazed at how many people like, I mean, I, that, that didn't take very long to do. Cause like I just reached out to a bunch of people and I was amazed like how many people like got back to me and were like, Oh yeah, I've got one. And, you know, like most guys kind of had like one or two, a lot of guys didn't have like yeah. a bunch of them, but that's still like pretty amazing that, that like you could just reach out to, I probably reached out to maybe like, I don't know, 30 people or something and heard back from 17 of them. And like, I'd say 50% of the people either got back to me and were like, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and talk. And the coolest part was like, this is one of those just nerdy aside things, but I called Lon Rosen, who was uh, Magic Johnson's agent. And, and we were talking and he goes, hold on a second, like stay on the line. And he comes back in and he's like, all right, are you still there? And I'm like, yep, still here. And he goes, all right, I got Michael Cooper on, like we're on three-way call right now. Michael, like... <laughs> start telling stories and Michael just like starts going into these great like bird stories for me right there. And that, that's one of those like just fun reporting moments. Yeah, that that's awesome. And he, you had no clue it was going to be Cooper coming on or what no he clue. was setting up. And then all of no, a sudden I, Michael Cooper was yeah, there and you're like, oh, I, okay, awesome. and I didn't even like, I didn't ask. I'll be, I'll be honest. Like that's the first time I've ever had anyone do that. Uh, so it was like incredibly cool. And that one of those completely random things. And I think my, and Michael had my single favorite story. Like it wasn't, the funniest one but i think it was like the absolute most emblematic bird story which is the one at the very end when when he says that you know bird 
basically like tells him I'm going to like wear your ass out today. Like I'm going to kick your ass. And, <laughs> and Cooper's like, Oh yeah, like it's on and, and birds coming off the screen and, and Cooper's chasing them and Kareem kind of like steps up and, and bird like goes up either, you know, whatever for the shot or, or, and, and Cooper's like, oh, I'm going to block this and bird dumps it off uh, for like an easy dunk. And as he's running back down the court, he like looks at Cooper and says, told your ass. And, and Cooper's like, he, Cooper, like in telling that story just had like, you could just tell like the respect he had for bird. Cause he's like, Larry to Larry kicking your ass just meant like doing everything he could to beat you. He, he didn't like, he didn't care if he dunked on you or if he like scored on you, like to Larry that play of coming off a screen and making the easy pass for an easy dunk was absolutely kicking your ass. And I think that that to me was like the one thing that really stood out to me. And that that's what I love about, these stories is that he kicked your ass so badly and did it so memorably that guys want to talk about how he kicked their ass. Yeah. Like guys, (laughs) guys are like giddy to talk about what was probably some of the most demoralizing moments of their entire career. It's like guys just, and and I think part of it was like loving it. I I think like part of it was that Larry, like I, I loved the, uh, uh, I think it was uh, Leo Routon's quote that said, like, I say this with the utmost respect, like Larry was a prick. Uh, But like, (laughs) I think, I think it was because like Larry wasn't a total asshole with his trash talk. Like, again, he wasn't like personal to guys. Uh, And so I think there was like, it was basketball and it was, it was about like his confidence. And so I think like those guys, like I said, kind of have extreme respect for him. And I also like, one of the other things I loved is like, Several of the guys I talked to all referenced this story with, uh, I think it was Bill Fitch, if I'm remembering right, that like Larry, yeah. they're in the huddle and, and apparently like Larry used to get pretty annoyed with like Bill Fitch and, and like <laughs> he was pretty controlling and, and there's this, you know, Larry of like just saying, coach, 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 just give me the fucking ball and like, let me score. <laughs> like I, the, the real story, I, I think I kind of like, I think I might've edited it or cut out the part, but like the whole setup was basically like, uh, you know, Fitch was like, all right, we're going to like, post up here then we're gonna like pass it here then we're gonna have larry come off this screen and like do this and catch the ball here it was like this like elaborate thing and larry is just like basically like coach just like why don't you just give me the ball like the ball on the block and like (laughs) i'll fucking score but what i loved is that like a bunch of guys across different teams celtics teams like that was like a legendary story like a lot of guys i talked to were like yeah i wasn't on the team then but like this was a story that like guys would tell all the time like when you came on the celtics about larry doing this so like he he with even within like the celtics he had like legendary tales yeah that and that one is kind of like the jimmy chitwood moment in real life yep like, it really is coach coach just give it to me just fucking <laughs> give me the ball normandale we've we've put up put up with enough shit from you this year you've had us doing stupid drills just give me the damn ball and i'll end it the the other one that stood out to me i mean every every story every anecdote in your story was awesome but one that stood out to me was uh the one where i forget which player it was but an opponent looked at ml car on the bench and started talking shit to ml on the bench yeah it was but, but, course, butch carter chris carter's brother yeah yeah and so so larry's the king of trash talk but as soon as you trash talk his teammate like he gave the guy the stare of death from what it yep. sounds like yep. and just told him shut the fuck up essentially <laughs> i think i think it he, actually did, actually he actually shut did the shut the up. fuck up yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then the, the other part was when he told xavier mcdaniel that he thought he was a fucking tough guy because 
he was disappointed that Xavier McDaniel allowed Celtics management to take away his post-game beard. Well, <laughs> and the best part of that story is Larry was in management then. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Larry, Larry, I forget what his role was, but he was like, you know, advisor to something or he was in the front office or somehow like he had, he had transitioned <laughs> over to that. And he told Xavier McDaniels that he th- he was basically thought he was soft because Larry loved po- having a post game beer and he just worked his ass off and he needed a post game beer and he couldn't believe that Xavier McDaniel had allowed them to take away the post game beer at the locker room. I thought that was that, great too. Isn't that fantastic? Like, not only was he in management, but he was actually disappointed that the players allowed that to happen. Oh, like, it's Larry. It, it, Larry never would have let that happen on his watch. Yeah, I just I I just think it's like I think I came away from this like obviously you, you don't need me to be like oh I came away more impressed with Larry Bird like one of the all-time <laughs> great players but like I really like did come away exceptionally impressed with him it's just again like there's something so awesome about having the confidence in yourself to be able to say what you're going to do and then delivering on it like I don't care what profession you're in or what you're doing that takes a lot of like guts and real belief in yourself. And, and as funny as like the stories are, and I hope they're funny because like I had fun and laughed when I listened to them. I just like, there is an underlying thing about like just how confident he was. And, and I think that's like a really aspirational thing. Yeah. And I really wish somebody out there remembered a story of a time when he screwed up because it has to be out there. It, it is. It definitely, it, it definitely, like, I, I did not find anyone who did, but, like, there, I, I guarantee you there is. And, like I said, Joe Klein said it. And he said the thing that, like, he really respects is Larry would be, like, you know, like, you know, basically my bad guys. Like, I screwed it up tonight. And everyone's like, Larry, <laughs> like, you're Larry. Come on. Like, dude, you're fine. But, like, he always owned it. And, and again, like, you're putting yourself out there. Like, all those stories do. I wish I would have found someone, too, because, like, you know, those stories do kind of sound like, oh, man, he went 100 for 100 on, like, shit-talking and then backing it up. Like, there's no way he did. And, and you know, like, if it was me, like, the first time I did that and it didn't work, I would shut up. Like, I'd be done. I, it, <laughs> it, would, it would be demoralizing and humiliating. But, like, that, it, again, it's, like, an even bigger testament to just how much he believed in himself. That it was, like, you know, at some point he probably screwed that up. And he still, like, came back and did the exact same thing. And, and with, the, with the amount of moments, the clutch moments that he did it in, if he did screw it up, you would think that would have been memorable too. Oh, but, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you would think so. But, I, but again, I didn't find anyone. He, he might have just that. been 100 for 100. He might let's have just, called every shot. Isn't that just more fun to believe in? Sometimes I think, <laughs> like, sometimes I think let's let the legend and myth, like, live on. Like, I, I just love imagining that Larry Bird just, like, always called the shot. Like, he's just basketball's Babe Ruth. Yeah. He's, he's the jimmy dolan of of the modern nba era absolutely uh, I, guess, I guess that's not entirely modern anymore as a writer i'm curious what was your inspiration for writing this story were you always a fan of the larry bird stories growing up was this always something you wanted to work on growing up like what convinced you to work on this story and do it now so I, I, I like sometimes when i have downtime or i'm like in between stories i just kind of go through the archives and and I was going through archive stuff and I stumbled across that uh, Michael Jordan quote at the very beginning where he said that Larry was the greatest trash talker and taught him everything he knew. And I was like, oh man, I mean, Michael, like Michael Jordan is known as like one of the fiercest competitors and like mental game players of all time. And here this guy is saying like Larry Bird is the best of all time. 
And, and I, I was, again, I was familiar with just a couple of Larry Bird uh, trash talking stories, but like, I didn't really know a ton about it. And there's quite a bit out there, but I was like, you know what, if, if like, if this stuff's true, and if I just reach out to people, I bet you I'm going to find some pretty good stuff. And so that was it. Like, I just saw the Jordan quote and was like, all right, I'm just going to go through like Celtics rosters and Sixers rosters and Washington Bullets rosters and just like see who I can track down and see like what people have to say. And like, it was a pretty amazing how many people like delivered and again, like had fun doing it. There was a real like sense of kind of nostalgia, but also like enjoyment in telling these like great Larry Bird stories, like how kind of fun it was to be a part of that. Uh, and maybe some of that's just like, you know, enough times passed that, that it's kind of like you look back fondly of it. But I do, I, I did really pick up that a lot of those guys like really enjoyed being part of kind of the Larry, Larry Bird legend. I also love the, the randomness of the people you ended up talking to. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a pretty random collection, isn't it? <laughs> Earl Curitan. <laughs> yep. We got that was my Bush very first guy. Carter, Joe Klein. Mike Jaminski, Jeff Judkins, Kevin McKenna, like just, just an all-time list of random names. Yeah, well, that, so like the secret is I basically went through the rosters and I just was Googling. I kind of Googled every guy on the roster I could. And yeah. my like strategy is just like, I'm going to see who pops up easy. You know, like if I can find, <laughs> you know, if I can find a guy like his email or like if he has a website or a Twitter or something like that. So it's kind of just like, who can I find easy enough? And again, I did reach out to, you know, I did, I reached out to ML Carr and I reached out to, you know, Danny Ainge and tried to get in touch with Kevin McHale. So like I did, I did try other people, but some of it was just like reaching out to other people. But I also found like, those are sometimes the best people because they haven't really been interviewed about something before. Uh, you know, like Earl Kirtan, he was my first guy. And that was the story that I told over and over again to people was Larry telling Earl, like, should have listened to Chuck. Like Chuck said, get up in me, like get up in me next time. And all those guys, whenever I would tell them that story, like they just thought it was like uh, so delightful and they would all laugh up. So l laugh at it. So I think like, yeah, that, that's the thing I found though, is like sometimes it's the more obscure guys who have like the best stories. What was your favorite story, Larry Bird story that you unearthed? Man, um, I got to say, like, I, I really loved the Earl Curitan one. I know it's like maybe not the funniest one, but there's just like, there's just something so poetic about Larry listening, like, he, like in the middle of a game, hearing the other team's coach yell at the guy defending him to get up in him and then burying <laughs> a deep shot and then turning to the guy and being like, Hey, you heard him like, get up in me. And I just like, I find that again, like it's, it's not quite as like on the same badass level as, as telling Xavier McDaniel, like I'm going to go to this spot and then I'm going to like bury it on you. But like, it's pretty close. The other one, like a, like a subtle one was Xavier McDaniel saying that like when he, when Larry busted Sean Kemp's ass and was like, I'm the best fucking player in Indiana. And then uh, Xavier McDaniel's mom's like, boy, they said Larry Bird lit you up. I like, I just thought that was like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, that was great. That phone call with the mom must have yep. been tough. <laughs> like that's just a tough phone call to have. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, were you a trash talker? Oh God, no. Come on. I'm like five, seven and like have no, no real skill. Like I'm, I'm the guy who like prided myself on being the, uh, like, hey, I set screens and I pass, like, which is just another way of saying, like, you kind of suck at basketball. 
So not a lot of trash talk in my game. <laughs> you you got to call your shot on your next story, though. There we go. I don't have the I'm going to get an anecdote about this. I'm going to get an anecdote about that. And, then, <laughs> and I'm going to write oral history in your face. Yeah, you, you, here's the thing. You, you know that just the moment you start maybe feeling like, oh, this could be pretty good is the moment that like no one reads it and people don't like it and then you feel like a total failure. So like I, I wish I had Larry's confidence, but I, I do not. <laughs> well, th thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate all your time. I appreciate your stories and you did a great, great job with that. Obviously, Larry Bird, famous, famous trash talker. And to unearth new stories about him at this point, after so many stories about him have already been told it was it was a lot of fun to read and a lot of fun to rehash with you today so i appreciate you coming on everybody else go follow jason jenks on the athletic read his stuff he's always coming out with with really interesting creative ideas and executing them awesomely so thanks for coming on man hey uh, thanks i really appreciate it jay all right take care man all right you too all right that was jay's fascinating conversation with jason jenks Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Jay, for conducting the interview. You did a, a fantastic job as host, um, and so I want to commend you for that. Bless my soul. We'll be coming back to you this week, probably, with uh, talking uh, whatever NBA news there is, as well as our answering voicemails from you, the people. If you want to say anything on Anything is Potable, you're not guaranteed a spot. I will be screening these voicemails, but you can say anything you want. Have a question, a story, uh, a diatribe, ranting against Jay for giving Daniel Tice a B-plus uh, for his midseason grades. By the way, Daniel Tice, I've been playing a lot more 2K recently. The guy's electric. The guy is a block machine. He's way more of a B-plus player. I think the 80 rating is fair, but my God, Daniel fucking Tice, this guy is phenomenal. Just another swear. Just as we warned you, there's going to be a lot of swears on this episode. And so if you want to, you know, hear uh, rants like that or have rants of your own, please call the number at 857-301-9093. That is 857-301-9093. Leave a voicemail. It could, high likelihood it's going to be played over these airways and you can hear me and Jay react to it. And if you're truly an entertaining person, and you leave us a totally wonky voicemail, you can prove that anything is, in fact, potable. Oh, wow, J. King. You really, that 25 minutes of hosting just took you into a new stratosphere. You're playing, on, like, you're in the zone now. I feel like that was an all-time line from me. That, that one will go in my, my career epitaph. I think it, it, we're witnessing greatness here, folks. And so if you have a comment <laughs> on Jay's interviewing skills, please... Call that number, 857-301-9093. You can tell that I once wanted to be a radio host uh, in my life because uh, just giving out this phone number makes me feel giddy. Is 857-301-9093. Uh, Tune in now to the talk request line. I can pretty easily slip into radio voice, but so call that number, 857-301-9093, and we will answer your voicemail live on the air on the next episode of Anything as Potable.